Welcome to the Conscious Consultant Hour with your host, Sam Leibowitz. Good morning, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Um, if you're tuning in and listening, and uh, you might have seen our newsletter, we have a bit of a surprise for you because, unfortunately, Jason Garner is not in studio today. However, we still have quite a wonderful show in store for you in a little bit of a surprise. And of course, let us get started with our dear friend, Selena Matreya, calling in with her practical spirituality tip of the week. How are you doing today, Selena? I'm wonderful, Sam. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. And I just really want to thank you again for coming into our Wellness Center Wednesday evening and doing your evening of grace. It was quite a wonderful experience, and I know everybody really enjoyed it. Thank you once again. Well, thank you for providing that for everybody. We had a great group, didn't we? Yes, we did. We did. Very, very fortunate. Yes. So, what's our tip of the week this week? Well, Sam, I wanted to talk about manifestation. Because, you know, we Mm -hmm. all have lots of things that we want to manifest in our world, and I think there's a lot of misconception about manifestation. So is that a good topic for today? Absolutely. Okay. So one of what I'd like to do is share a bit of places where people have um, some mis- uh, misinformation, and mm-hmm. that way they'll avoid some traps. So manifestation, as I understand it and as I've experienced it, is all about putting our attention, our attention on our intention, and then letting go of the outcome, of how it has to look, how, when it has to appear. And what often happens is that when people put their attention on an intention, that attention might look simply like talking about it. And many people just go about talking about what their intentions are, but they fail to put the actions needed behind it. Because Mm -hmm. especially for those of us on a spiritual path, there's this misconception maybe that we're so spiritually enlightened that we don't need to put effort into things. Or or as The Secret (laughs) was telling us, you can just think your way to success. And I think people miss a lot of the steps, even that The Secret was putting forward, that have to be in place in order for something to happen. It's like, you know, you don't go up to a wall wanting to have a nail put in it, holding a hammer in one hand and a nail in another, and say, okay, I'm going to think the nail into the wall. Most of us are not that spiritually attuned. If you are, forgive me, and that's wonderful. Right. You can just not listen to the next five minutes, but most of us are not that tuned. You have to take the nail, you have to put it up to the wall, you have to hit it over and over mm-hmm. and over with the hammer, and if you live in a pre-war building with plaster walls, as I do in New York, as you might, Sam, it takes quite a lot of effort. <laughs> exactly. So the, the information here is that talking, when you have an intention, Talking is not enough. In fact, talking right. can weaken the effort. So right. keep your intention, keep your energy field quiet, but put in place physical steps where energy informs. That's a practical spirituality talks about. Mm. It's about doing things energetically but physically and respecting the laws of the physical universe. So put actions into place that enable the manifestation to happen so you're working energetically, you're working on energetic actions, but you're also working on physical actions. Right, right. And you're keeping talking to a minimum. Right. Yeah, actually, and, and, and because I run the law, the Applying the Law of Attraction meetup group, this is something that, you know, I always get new people like I did this week. New people come to the group and they always think, oh, yeah, I know about Law of Attraction. I saw the secret. I just have to think positive. And I'm like, no, there's a lot more to that. Right. And, and really what, what um, the Law of Attraction talks about is lining up your energy to be in alignment with that which you say you want and then you take action it's not that the action is not as as important as lining up your energy um it is is as important if not more important but i mean what they're saying is just 
if if you line up your energy first, your action will be much will flow much more smoothly. You'll make much more of the right decisions. You'll just naturally go in sort of the right direction, but you still have to take the action. But if you don't take the time to line up your energy first, then you may take a lot of action and you may not yield much results and, and it won't be as fruitful. And so that's the point I think that people sort of get confused on. They think, oh, I just have to line up my energy. And then they forget they still have to take the action. Exactly. And, and you're absolutely correct that if you're not lining up the energy, and it's not just the energy of your intention, it's the energy of who you are. I have a very right. dear friend. Uh, she's an artist, and she really wants to push her art. And she's done several things throughout the years to do that. But the energy in her life, mm. um, what the choices she makes, in her life are not energetically in alignment with um, what she needs to um, do to move her art forward. And so you're absolutely right. You've got to get your energy in place and your energy alignment, and then you need to take the action. And, and they kind of come hand in hand, but you need to do both. And I find that most people tend to be on one end or the other, but, and they're not realizing that, you know, just keep in mind we're energy and form and there are rules like gravity in physical reality and other physical reality rules. Like every action, for every action, there's a reaction. So right. we need to put that action in place. But as you say, after that, energy is aligned. Right, right. Absolutely. It's having that balance. Beautiful. Thank you so much for calling in, Selena. We always appreciate your practical spirituality tips of the week. Um, I know next week you'll be traveling, but we'll talk to you again in two weeks. That sounds great, Sam. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take uh, care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ah, well, wonderful. So appreciate her. Um, so uh, let us move now into the main portion of our program. Yes, I know you were all waiting to hear Jason Garner, who unfortunately had a last-minute emergency, but never fear, your conscious consultant uh, did reach out, and uh, we do have quite an interesting fellow in his place. Uh, Locke Kelly has a Master's of Divinity. He's a licensed clinical social worker, a graduate of Columbia University and Union Theological Seminary. My sister went there for two years before she moved to Israel. Um, And he was awarded a fellowship to study uh, forms of non-dual meditation in Sri Lanka, India, Nepal back in the early 80s. He studied Buddhism, uh, insight meditation. He's been to Theravada monasteries. Interspiritual contemplative meditations. Um, this guy, he has been all over the world. Um, in addition to being a licensed psychotherapist, um, he has also been teaching seminars and supervising clinicians on practicing awareness psychotherapy in New York City for the past 25 years. He served on the New York Insight Teachers Council and um, has also. Um, been collaborating with neuroscientists at Yale, University of Penn, and NYU in the study of awareness training and its effects on our well-being. And we have a really a special thank you for uh, Locke uh, filling in today at the very, very last minute. I think this all happened like from mid- since midnight last night, right, Locke? Yes. <laughs> so I guess you were supposed to be here today because, of course, there, there are no mistakes in the perfect universe. That's right. right. It's That's so wonderful to be here. Thank you for yeah. asking. Yes. So what's a nice Irish boy like you doing studying like non-dual meditation in Sri Lanka? <laughs> so uh, just out of curiosity before we start, are you yeah. a native New Yorker like myself? Uh, I grew up in New Jersey, right next oh, door. Oh, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay, what town? In uh, Summit, New Jersey. Oh, Summit, sure. Yeah. I know Summit. Um, so come on. Now, uh, how did you get to being like like so deep into this stuff? Well, I guess uh, I could kind of start anywhere, but let me start with something that's very simple that happened while I was in Summit, New Jersey, Okay. which is uh, starting to play sports. Oh, okay. So uh, I had dyslexia, a little... Um, uh, ADD when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And so I would always be working very hard in school. But when I played sports, there was something would happen where I would relax. Mm-hmm. And one day I heard on a announcer on a sports cast say, he's got eyes in the back of his head. Huh. And I thought to myself, well, oh, let me see if I have eyes in the back of my head. I was uh-huh. very young. Uh-huh. And what I did is I turned my awareness around. Oh. I had awareness that looks out of our eyes and looks right. from our thinking self. Right. Uh, turn back and open up a kind of panoramic awareness. Hmm. And what I found was, oh, that's a state I shift into when I play 
these different sports. I was quarterback on the football team. I played uh, goalie on the ice hockey team. Uh, so particularly when I was a goalie, uh, I had to kind of shift into this relaxed uh-huh. and yet completely connected state. I know today that uh, they call it the flow state. Right, right, right. And this wasn't <coughs> something anybody taught you. This no. just, just kind of came as, a, as an insight, like just instantaneously. Too. That's right. So it was, wow. it was okay. something that, that was happening already. Then I realized that I could do it intentionally. Mm. And then I became curious because I'd go out of it. Mm-hmm. Then I started playing with, and this mm-hmm. is what led me to what I do today, is mm-hmm. can this shift of awareness and mm-hmm. sense of self is really what mm-hmm. eventually I felt it to be happen intentionally. Mm. Is there a way not just to, to actually guide it and direct yes. it? Yeah. Wow. And so what <clears throat> drew you to, to, to study abroad? I mean, that's a, especially back in the early eighties. I yes. mean, not, not too many people were going to Sri Lanka back then. <laughs> yes. I had, uh, well, funny this to continue that story about the, uh, the goalie, I was mm-hmm. one of my best friends in the locker room was when I was very young as a freshman said, well, man, you played such a great game. What happened? I said, oh, you really want to know? And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of told him and he was like stunned huh? and he went like, huh? Yeah. But apparently some, uh, one of the senior uh, captains on the team heard me mm-hmm. and the next week he came in and he gave me Zen and the Art of Archery. Oh, okay. So that was one of the early books yes, in, the, in yes. this field. Yes, yes, yes. I read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance That's right. back then. Yes. Yeah, then so Archery, Zen and yeah. the Art of Archery was, was yeah. the simple little book that was about kind of a, mm-hmm. a sport, but it also right. uh, talked about uh, dropping the self right. and discovering this uh, well-being or this natural, what I call ground of being now, right. Right. which is and rather than a thought-based um operating system it's an awareness-based operating system mm, gotcha and, and that made me say okay well maybe there this is the direction to look toward the east to find out more about what i'm searching for so just out of curiosity because yeah. i'm growing up irish i mean yeah. were your parents very catholic or are they making you go to church every sunday or were they pretty <laughs> liberal were they like, i mean i was or? in the i was in the kumbaya kumbaya <laughs> era you know so it's like so my father was more catholic and my mother was actually uh, one of the local um, leaders of the women's movement, and ah. so she she was more became a Unitarian. Oh, okay. So she was very uh, influential in you know kind of be yourself and mm-hmm. and explore and challenge. So I had a kind of a you know. A, a, a freedom to be able to explore what oh, okay. what was true for me. So not like many of my friends who are now recovering yeah, ca- that's Catholics, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Cool, cool. <laughs> um, and and so when you first went to college, were you a a, a um, psychology major right away, or, or no, social work? What, uh, what was your initial I was major? An, an English major. Oh, you were an English major. <laughs> yeah, ah. I, I looked at psychology and mm-hmm. philosophy, mm-hmm. and found more in poetry what I was looking for. Oh, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't until you got to graduate school That's that right. you started to more focus on that stuff. Yeah, interesting. Okay, great. All right, so uh, we're going to take our first commercial break, and when we come back, we'll we'll talk. Uh, we'll we'll dive deep into. This this area of uh, awareness and what it means and, and how to apply it to our lives. Uh, and of course, if anyone would like to call in and ask a question of Locke or myself, the call-in number is 877-480-4120. You're listening to The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network. Bonjour, this is Dominique Decoq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. 
I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. TalkingAlternative.com Listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour. My guest this day today is Locke Kelly, a therapist and uh, meditation specialist. I don't know what even to call you. I mean, <laughs> you master of divinity. Um, so it says here that you teach a non-sectarian human being lineage. What does that yes. mean? So what that means is that as I went deeper and studied with different teachers and different mm-hmm. traditions, I realized there was something essential in each of them that I was looking. For and mm-hmm. so rather than staying with one religion or one tradition, mm-hmm. uh, or rather than throwing them all out, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I felt like there's something essential about meditation teaching mm-hmm. that is really common to all human beings. Right. And so I want to kind of emphasize that, and that's mm-hmm. part of why I started working with scientists and in trying to kind of modernize uh, some of this non-dual teaching or meditation teaching and make it available to anybody. Right. Right. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Did you ever study TM? I did. You yes. did. I okay. started. I started with TM. Oh, you started uh, with yes, TM. Yeah. Wow. Okay. At sixteen. At sixteen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, and and I mean, you're like me. You've you've been around the block once or twice. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's really been a, a huge shift mm-hmm. in, in over the last you know twenty thirty years, yeah. and and how meditation has become much yes. more. Uh, I don't want to say prevalent, but just much more ubiquitous in society yeah. these yeah. days. Like even, you know, there are churches where the, yeah. they let them meditate in the That's church right. and stuff. So <laughs> it's really a lot has has a lot has developed around meditation. Right. So, so how did you come to, to work with the neuroscientists at the universities? Um, well, I started to find that a couple of them came to my teachings. They had heard oh. what I was saying and some people had said, you got to check this guy out. And all of a sudden there they were. Right. And as I started to talk to them, I realized that some of what they were discovering matched some of the practices that I was developing. In, in what way? So um, the w- group of scientists was, uh, there's a group of scientists that are studying mindfulness, mm-hmm. which is the main uh, thing that's being studied, and that's the popular movement right. today that everyone knows about. But mindfulness, the first group is studying kind of the stress management uh, effects. Right. Then there's another group that started to look for what is this um, opening up of the self? What is this uh, sense when the sense of self uh, disappears? Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that experience? That seems to be what most mystics and most uh, advanced meditators are talking about. Right. And so I was created created some um, practices that would mm-hmm. would uh, actually give that direct experience in you know, 15 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So that's primarily, I give both the uh, ability to relax the sense of Mm -hmm. uh, separate self, Mm -hmm. and then next, more importantly, is not just the absence, but the presence of this awareness Mm -hmm. that is the operating system. And then the third step is Mm -hmm. that awareness recognizes it's also embodied and has a kind of Mm. open-hearted heart wisdom, um, mental uh, use of of the mind, right? So, 
I mean, obviously, it started with sports for you, and, yes. and you found some benefit from it. But yeah. as you were teaching this and, and, and getting much more into meditation, what did you find the benefits were for you personally as yeah. you meditated more and more and learned more about this? Yeah, I started to be able to intentionally shift out of this, you know, what most of us know, which is kind of mm. this chattering mind. Right. So the sense of self that on one level is automatic thinking is mm-hmm. what we talk about, which is often dealt with in cognitive therapy. It's these thoughts that are happening by themselves. Right. I recognized that I could actually shift to the background of that and they, be, mm. they move to the background as mm. awareness moves to the foreground. And then the second level, which is this sense of self that's always craving for something outside itself, trying to satisfy mm. who it is or what it is, looking to, um, to be okay. I realized that that, through this uh, work with the scientists, is actually a um a co-opting of the physical uh system of mm-hmm. our body so that the ego identification is created at, on top of ego functioning mm-hmm. and so the that that sense of self once it realizes that it's not a real physical entity it no longer craves anything and it can live in the now ah ah so able to be much more present much more present so the effects were kind of a joyousness, uh, uh, being in the now, being completely mm. aware of everything as it arose and having a background or a ground of being that was accepting and uh, no longer afraid, uh, worry, mm. uh, concern about the future okay. would just drop away. Yeah. And, and so you, you found this for yourself and you were able to teach this to other people. Yes, that became my interest because it almost springs from that desire is, wow, this is the most amazing shift Right. My whole life is different. Um, how come, if it's natural, <laughs> why, why isn't everyone doing it? Right. There's I, got, I, I have a be. theory for that. <laughs> okay, good. I'd I like do. To I actually, a couple <laughs> of weeks ago, I had this huge insight one morning. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that our natural state, if yeah. we're uninterfered with, yeah. is to grow in spiritual <laughs> beings, to mm-hmm. grow in awareness. And we would naturally do these things. But because of sort of outside societal pressures that get uh-huh. put on us to live up to other people's expectations right. of us, family obligations, right. these concepts around fame and money and right. success that aren't necessarily authentic to us, that those cause like active interference right. that pull us away from our natural conscious development. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And I think that that dovetails with, that's the external kind of the persona and the right. influence of society. And then the internal... Uh, sense of this mistaken identity, the self, which then tries to be successful or tries to uh, create satisfaction through external uh, pleasing of people or those kind of things. Whereas if we relax, even working with people in clinics Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. were, you know, had a major diagnosis, they could discover their ground of being as an essential okayness with who they are now. And that wouldn't change you know, all of the external issues they'd still have to deal with. Right. But there's a certain sense of well-being that then doesn't need to please anyone. Right. And, and, and actually, actually then they can show up and be more authentic. Exactly. And, and oftentimes actually creates more success for exactly. them. You know, the, yes. the big example <laughs> everyone talks about now is Steve Jobs, right? Yes. He meditated every single day. That's right. You don't get that much more success, a little bit more successful, but not that much more <laughs> successful than Steve Jobs was. Right. Um, and so what did you find in working with the neuroscientists, yeah. sort of like on the physical level, when you're getting into these yes. deep states of, of meditation, yes. I, I know and I've heard studies in the past about the change of the brain waves yes. and then the lasting effects, but what, what did you find in the studies you worked with? with yeah, them? so there's a couple things. I'll talk about one. And uh, so the, the new instrument, uh, the old instrument was measuring uh, alpha, beta, uh, right. waves, mm-hmm. which the new ones is called the fMRI, which are these huge magnets. Oh. And they're actually looking at the structure of the brain. They can actually peer in and get a magnetic image. Oh, really? Yes, of the ah. brain. So it's a whole new field um, mm-hmm. of looking at what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, two areas, one area that uh, I first focused on was called the parietal lobe, which is mm-hmm. basically the part of our brain that orients us in time and space. Mm-hmm. And it seems, my hypothesis is that it's on too active. And so we uh, feel like we're separate and solid and we're bounded okay. and we're separate from other people. Right. And that what happens is in people, both um, 
this one scientist, Andrew Newberg from University of Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. studied both Tibetan Buddhists and uh, Franciscan nuns. Oh, okay. And he found that what happened is when they were in their uh, sense of union or mm-hmm. unity or boundless love, mm-hmm. that the right parietal lobe would relax or the uh, intensity would go down, oh. and their experience was of boundlessness, yes, openness, yes. and connection. Right, right. And so there, it's not that the... You know the brain is creating that, but I think it's restricting that. Mm. That's my hypothesis. Interesting. I'm wondering yeah. if that's why. Like I know many people who've done like shamanic journeying, uh-huh. with medicine plants, things like ayahuasca and stuff, yeah. and they've uh, achieved sort of those same states. I'm wondering right. if the plant medicine is doing sort of a similar thing, like right. purposefully um, softening the parietal lobe in a sense that yes. it's not quite as active that's and right. calming it down to allow other parts of the brain to I think to that, kick in. that that kind of thing is absolutely true yeah wow so then once once I realized that I realized okay so then uh, what is the simplest way to teach people how to open to this boundless sense of awareness how to open right. out right and so I found this thing I call local awareness which is mm-hmm. able to unhook from thinking mm-hmm. open to space mm-hmm. and then be aware from space and then include the body so, and immediately when they tested me, they found oh. that I was able to shift in a moment really? from active to subtle. Oh. So, uh, so I assume that gave me enough confidence when people would report that, mm-hmm. uh, that this was actually changing their, the functioning of their brain. I see. And, and I think I remember in one study they found that, you know, like when th- these like Tibetan monks would yeah. meditate, like th- their brain, wa- their brain waves would kind of like smooth out a bit. Yes. And then when they came out of meditation, it would go back to sort of the normal state. But over time, that's right. It wouldn't go back as far as it used to. It, it would that's get right. over time get smoother and smoother and smoother. Yes. So, so I'm assuming that like sort of as There's you do this practice that's more right. and more that you're closer and closer to kind of almost being in that state that's right yeah and that's the goal the goal is not to just meditate and come back to an ego-centered life but actually to shift so you're in you're you're in the level of mind that's connected and feels boundless love and feels uh well-being and is also able to act from there right and and so how long ago did you start teaching meditation yourself uh i mean i've taught for about 25 years started with theravada Mm-hmm. Uh, mindfulness insight meditation right. and then uh, kind of my own thing I was asked to teach by two very well-known teachers one called Adi Ashanti mm-hmm. who's a West Coast teacher a uh, non-dual teacher and then a Tibetan Buddhist teacher called Minja Rinpoche mm-hmm. who was the son of my original teacher Oh, so they okay. asked me about 10 years ago to start I to see. teach on my own and encouraged me to do it so I've gone oh, from, from there and we're, we're, Invitation. we're big supporters of the Theravadans as well as the Buddhists <laughs> because, as, as many of you know, the founder of this radio station, Giorgio, uh, became a Theravadan a Buddhist monk. Um, but we've had, we're, 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 we're uh, non-denominational. We have <laughs> Buddhists of, of all nature on the show and, and other, other people too. Um, so I'm just curious, so over the years that you've been teaching people, has, would you say sort of your your technique of teaching, have you been able to help people get to sort of that state quicker than in the past? Yes. So the, the two things, as you mentioned before, right. uh, both quicker, mm-hmm. immediate shifts. So mm-hmm. uh, some ways what I call my practice is small glimpses many times during the day. Oh, okay. So rather than long mm-hmm. uh, teaching, and then the goal is uh, small shifts and then to stabilize uh, over time, as you said, that the brain then entrains or right. is able to actually... Right. Uh, create the new normal. Right, right, right. <laughs> and those small shifts, how long are uh, you ask people to take to do those small uh, shifts? Well, so you, you shift. You can learn to shift in, uh, you know, 10 seconds to a m- three minutes. Okay. And then it's about kind of just tuning in and mm-hmm. then what I call marinating. Ah, <laughs> so you yes. just stay tuned in. Right, right, and you right. learn how to kind of almost like riding a bicycle. Right, right, You right, balance right. until you lose it and then no big deal. Mm-hmm. You just re-recognize. I see, I see. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Time for us to take another commercial break. Um, when we come back, I, I would like to ask you about um, your Awake Awareness Institute. Okay. Very curious about that. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 
Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at Monty at MontyTaylor.com. That's Monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at MontyTaylor.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Like your money and your long fur coats Keys to your Mercedes Benz and your speedboats Climb on board, heaven's waiting just for you You sing hallelujah, praise the Lord Looks like you're driving a great big Ford Television, religion, been good to you Oh, calm down, baby, you're too high Baby, you're too high Baby, you're too high Just look into my eyes, baby, on too high, yeah, yeah. Now it was here just a second ago. Ah, I love Jenny DeVoe, wonderful <laughs> singer-songwriter I saw in, here in the city many years ago. Kept her CD around, said, ah, you know what, I gotta, I gotta use one of her songs. She's got such a beautiful... N- n- not the most, you know, happy kind of songs usually, some kind of depressing, but, but beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> I love her stuff. Um, so uh, how did the uh, uh, Awake Awareness Institute come about? Um, about 10 years ago when I was asked to teach, um, I decided to make it a nonprofit. Oh, so okay. create a nonprofit institution mm-hmm. and started to um, offer teachings and also mm-hmm. do some research with the scientists and uh, create a a way of uh, starting to test out some of these and get feedback from students, which ah, is kind of the way that okay. I teach. I've, I've right. got, you know, I go inside and I play with these things myself, mm-hmm. but then I also say, how's this working? What are you noticing? Right. And get someone else's yeah. perspective on it. Yeah, so I thought that would be an institute, kind of a adult education approach rather than a guru uh, approach. Okay, and so yeah. th- this you, you hold classes with this institute? Yes, and- that's right. And how often do you do that? Yeah, so um, each year, each semester, I kind of do it differently. Sometimes uh, I do a lot of intensives. I've done uh, longer retreats. Uh, okay. This fall, I'm doing every other week, I'm doing an evening uh, oh. here in New York City at oh, One Spirit. Uh, oh, One Spirit Alliance. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. yeah, we know those guys. We love them. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, and, um, and and over the, the 10 years that you've yeah. run it, what what have you learned? Well, I've learned that... Uh, running a nonprofit's not that easy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that running a nonprofit's not that easy. It's, 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 that it's, it's definitely nonprofit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that it's, a, it's an act of love and an act mm. of service. Right. And, um, 
and and that it uh, it requires um, having people who have benefited kind of get involved and, yeah. and being part of it and yeah. giving back you know kind of what they've received and that's kind of what's kept it kept it going, going. Yeah. yeah as so a business I, I know I asked you before and you said yeah, yeah like people are more open to meditation yes. but have you found that I guess maybe as the collective consciousness is opening mm-hmm. up to meditation more that that just people in general are able to go deeper in their practice or or get more benefits from the practice more quickly over the years? I do. I think, I think there's a opening of consciousness. I'm not sure what that's all about. You know, mm-hmm. I, d- I try not to make too much speculative or metaphysical mm. uh, posture, postulations because everyone's got a different view, but I right. just focus on what is, and absolutely people are more available. Mm. And I think also a lot of the preliminary practices in most traditions are to... Uh, learn to focus your intellectual mind and then mm-hmm. to be able to focus your attention. Mm-hmm. And most people are trained to do that in our Western educational system. Yeah. So they have the maturity of uh, what of often people are spending the first 20 years in the monastery doing. Mm-hmm. Then the question is, can they be given instructions to be able to kind of go to a level of uh, ground of being Mm. to discover this natural wakefulness that's already here. Mm. What do you think is the most important thing for someone to remember as they begin a meditation practice right. that, to, to help them to stay with it? Yeah, this, this is always the, you know, the dance yeah. <laughs> back and forth is how do you, because the, the part of you that, that starts, the one that's, I'm going to be better by meditating, <laughs> often is like, oh, that's enough of that, you yeah. know? <laughs> that, that voice gets bored is like, real easy. Yeah, yeah, gets bored, and it's kind of going like, let's try something else now, you know, yeah. that, that's too hard. Right. So it's almost got to be a heart's desire. Uh, and I find either people have come because they've hit bottom, mm-hmm. and they really need to do it, mm-hmm. or they've found, they've had moments of tremendous relief and well-being and love. Mm. that they say their heart says that's what i want if Mm. that's possible i want to live that way Mm. and they're willing to put in the dedication and make it a priority in their life do you see that that there's kind of this this blending of of eastern and western Mm -hmm. ideals and philosophies Mm -hmm. that that as we become a more interconnected global society that sort of the these these eastern principles and ideas especially around meditation are really taking hold in in the western world absolutely yeah i mean i think the mindfulness uh movement is uh you know is one of the the leading places i mean it's on the cover of time magazine and they're doing mindfulness at google they even have a director of mindfulness (laughs) oh really they have a director of mindfulness oh cool i gotta get that guy on the show (laughs) so um uh yeah so so and and certainly psychology and uh and spirituality are coming together mm-hmm. to help people both wake up and grow up. Right. So that by the, we've seen, you know, some of the gurus who mm-hmm. end up acting out because they don't yeah. have psychological maturity. Right, and right. then we've seen a lot of people who try psychotherapy and, and only can get to a certain level, which is right, what I often right. find in my therapy practice is a lot of people come to me who have reached success in most of their life. Mm-hmm. They say, I'm married, I'm successful, I just got a promotion, I'm the head yeah. of this company. Um, you know, my he- I'm healthy mm-hmm. and something's miserable. Mm. I'm, uh, is this all there is? Uh, yeah. there's, there's not, yeah. I haven't found what I'm looking for and I've even tried meditation. I've tried, I go to church, I go to this, I do that, I do yoga, you know, yeah. and something's missing. And this is the essence of what I'm focusing uh. on is the simple principle of the ground of being or the shift to an awareness-based rather than a doing finding right, your right. being yeah yeah that's uh, i i often say to people i try to remind them that we're human beings not yeah. human <laughs> doings because right. we're so caught up in the doing <laughs> yeah and and actually uh uh i don't know if this is a landmark thing but but you know a good friend of mine you know often t- talks about you know we, we have this sort of model in our mind that if we um do the right things then we'll have what we want and then we can be happy. Right. But the real model is you have to That's be happy, exactly right. which then will cause you That's t- right. to do the right things and then you'll have what you want. That's right. And that you have, yeah, exactly what you say is exactly what I've found to be true for me mm-hmm. is that you can be happy for no reason. Right. And that is actually not an attitude. A, that's a huge it's insight. It's a huge insight. And yeah. it's, it's actually a huge 
natural level mm-hmm. of our consciousness. Right. So it's not a belief, it's not a thought, it's right. not a, it's it's not an attitude. It's actually to be able to shift and feel that mm. is true rather than believing someone else or right that right, that's right. the whole that's what m- the whole meditation is about right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah as, a, as abraham likes to describe it it's like we're all this cork that's that we have to actively hold it on like the bottom of the tub okay, yeah, and if yeah. we just let go it'll naturally rise to the top yes. which is happiness that's right and that yeah that's the natural direction for us um i i, I know you said you don't like to to speculate but i'm going to ask you to speculate anyway (laughs) um i mean if you were to project into the future 10 20 30 years where do you see just meditation in general do you think it's going to be like so integrated into society that people won't even understand how we never did it or or will it still be sort of the small movement trying to gain ground how would you see yes i i think the um the mindfulness-based kind of uh, meditation will become uh, integrated into uh, business and and medicine. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to come through that door mm-hmm. and that wellness programs and people are going to see the statistics are out there. There's the, you know, the, the studies are in, there's no doubt mm, right. it helps with oh, stress yeah. and, and medical conditions, right. high blood pressure, the list goes on. Well, that's the thing yeah. because it helps with stress. Yes. And they've identified something like 70% of all major diseases are all like the major component of them. It comes from stress. That's right. And this is one of the simplest and right. best ways that takes the least amount of time that in conjunction with, you know, exercise and food right. and, uh, and other, uh, and it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't cost you anything. You know, you just sit there. You don't do anything. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> it's the easiest thing in the world to do. Yeah. Well, maybe and, not the easiest, yeah. but close. and then and then so that's the first level of meditation. Now the next level is one I'm right. interested in, which is this shift into what we just talked about as this right. ground of being or right. this well being. That I hope will piggyback on the first. Mm. That's kind of what I'm hoping. So I've created this language like effortless mindfulness, mm. which is not that the mindfulness takes no effort. But right. what you do is you shift into an awareness mm-hmm. that's already effortlessly aware mm. and do mindfulness from there. Ah, okay. And then by shifting into that effortlessly aware sense of yourself, you realize all is well. And that, mm-hmm. and that from there, you have this impulse to create and to relate. Mm. And, uh, and that is, I think, um, a way that we can, uh, we can all access. Beautiful. And, yeah. Beautiful. I look forward to it. <laughs> and I know you're working on a book. Yeah. Do you have a title yet? Or yes, a I do. Title? It's, so it's a book with Sounds True, and it's called Shift into Freedom. Shift into Freedom. The Science and Practice of Open-Hearted Awareness. Oh, I like that. I like yeah. open-hearted stuff. <laughs> cool. Um, and, and if people want to learn more about you yeah. and learn about the Institute, where can they go to find more? So uh, I have a website, which mm-hmm. uh, is, can be found through my name, which is spelled L-O-C-H. Mm-hmm. This is my first name, mm-hmm. Locke, and then K-E-L-L-Y. So No, no relation to Lockman S. Monster. <laughs> yes, we, a little bit. A little bit? Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay, so Locke Kelly, L-O-C-H-K-E-L-L-Y dot org. Org, O-R-G, yeah. yes, because you're a nonprofit, so yes, you're an organization. Right. <laughs> cool. And... and um, and and you do regular classes and stuff here yes. in the city in New York? Yeah, so I have one about every other week for this fall. So um, okay. October 8th at One Spirit, and you okay. can find the schedule on my website. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for, for coming to the studio today, Locke. It was a real pleasure. Glad Great to meet you, Glad you were Sam. able to uh, fill in uh, Jason's shoes who <laughs> bowed out the last minute. Okay, um, thank you. But the show's not over yet. I know you guys are thinking, wait a minute, Sam sounds like he's signing off. But the, well, you know, we're only about 45 minutes through. Yes, because we're going to be bringing on a, a, another special guest just for our last segment uh, to help introduce you to uh, our, one of our new shows. Our, and we're going to talk to, after the break, our 21st century entrepreneur, J.C. Maldonado, talking about his new show. So everybody, please stay tuned. We'll be back right after this break. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? 
Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. Bonjour, this is Dominique de Coq. Bonjour, c'est Tamara Zuboff. Bonjour, c'est Asania Kone. We are hosting Pardon My French New York City. Our guests come from all over the world. From Mali to New Caledonia, from Paris to Quebec. French is a common language, yet they all come from different cultures, backgrounds or countries. And their common desire is to make New York their home. Listen to them share their stories. Join us at Pardon My French New York City every Monday from 1 to 2 p.m. Are you suffering from aches and pains? Has traditional medicine let you down? Are you tired of taking toxic medications? Then come to the Double Diamond Wellness Center and learn how our natural methods can help you to heal. Call us now at 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. Or find us on the web at www.doublediamondwellness.com. We look forward to serving you. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Joan Osborne, or if God was one of us. Um, I just uh, felt like that was a good one for end up the segment with uh, with Locke. So um, it's my pleasure now to introduce you all before his premiere in just a few minutes, J.C. Maldonado, who is a... Uh, uh, a definitely a, a modern day entrepreneur. I met JC probably a year and a half ago, maybe like two years ago. Uh, like two years ago through a business uh, networking group, um, and uh, JC uh, um, has a company called Bizgrow Partners. Bizgrow Partners, which does um, a joint venture and business development for companies. And you know, we've been talking about the idea of doing a, a, a show. Uh, a very business-focused show, um, trying to help entrepreneurs um, because there's so much to know today, things changing so much, um, to really help entrepreneurs to really grow their business, understand the changing landscape, and really give them insights from from other successful entrepreneurs. Uh, tell me, JC, when you were a kid, were you like the guy in the corner with the lemonade stand, like charging more than the other kids and making more money? Actually, no. <laughs> no? Oh, okay. Um I, you know, my brother and I, we uh-huh. have, we don't really have a business background growing up. Oh uh, no, my not at all. Father was a retired police officer. Oh. My mother was a, a homemaker in mm-hmm. the uh, traditional sense, and mm-hmm. later on she became a, a preschool teacher. Okay. So we didn't really have anything in our background that would suggest that we would go on and start different uh, businesses. And th- at what point did you kind of catch that bug? I mean, it, it had to happen sometime in life. Probably while I was in college, I, college? I went to this. Um, uh, I remember this uh, seminar mm-hmm. uh, of a network marketing company, and they were selling uh, knives of, uh, all, of all products. <laughs> the Gitsu uh, knives. Yeah. Though. And, I, and I, I, go to, I go to this uh, event, and they're selling knives, and the knives look like it was a good product. It was one of those products that mm-hmm. you know would cut the food, and it would just it, keep it would going. Be, yeah. Keep going. It'd be really smooth. And yeah. I looked at the product, and then I went home, and I tried to sell the product to my parents, and then, of course, they shut me down. (laughs) (laughs) What what the heck are you doing trying to sell knives? So that's kind of how the bug started. And then Uh, later on uh, in my uh, college career, I I came across another network marketing company mm, that was kind of financial services based. And I gave that a try, and I actually made a bunch of sales within that organization. And I just had kind of like a a knack for it. And at that point, I kind of realized that business was – the direction I was going to go in. Yeah, yeah kind of like you. I mean, I grew up, my, my father was a statistician, my mom was a school teacher, so I really didn't have that kind of entrepreneur, 
entrepreneurial thing in my household, but somehow it got into me because when I was like in junior high school, uh, I used to go around with a friend selling like the Saturday evening paper. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when it first came out, we'd go to the, the trucks that was delivering it to like all the little local delis and we'd buy a bunch and we'd walk around to all the bars in the neighborhood because it was a very Irish neighborhood. So it was tons of bars and, and we'd sell it. It would like, it was a quarter at the time and we'd sell it for like 50 cents. And, you know, on a good night, we can make like 50 bucks in like a couple of hours because, you know, especially wintertime when it's cold and people don't want to go out and they'd give you a little bit of a tip. So I used to say I started being an entrepreneur in 1993, but then when I remembered that, I was like, well, actually, I've been an entrepreneur since I was a little kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, But you ended up um, getting actually a JD. You actually went more towards law. Yes. Um, how come you didn't end up going practicing law? Well, while I was in law school, I, um, I had envisioned uh, of starting my own practice uh, coming uh-huh. out of law school. And right. I wanted to... I, I, Mergers and acquisitions was always a topic that fascinated ah, me. Okay. So that's what I was conceptualizing in my mind. Mm-hmm. Until well, one day I read this uh, newsletter publication. Mm-hmm. Um, I, even, I even forgot what the company's name is. They might even right. still be around. I'm not sure. But uh-huh. um, it, it was this publication that kind of put out material on how to start your own business. Oh. And uh, there was this newsletter. And it, it was there was one particular article that was addressing the... Um, an opportunity that a business could take advantage of or some, an aspiring mm-hmm. entrepreneur could take advantage of, which is uh, helping business owners buy and sell businesses. Oh, being a business so, broker. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, basically what the article stated is that in most of the states in the United States, and, you, know, mm-hmm. you don't need a license to actually get started. Ah. So, um, so it attracted me because uh, from the standpoint of starting my own legal practice, I would, you know, Obviously, I have to continue finishing finish law school, which right. I did. I actually finished uh-huh. law school. Then take the bar. Mm-hmm. Then actually go and get clients right. without any uh, experience doing the legal work. Right. So um, that wasn't that attractive, and it just wasn't <laughs> that patient. So I decided to kind of go the route of of becoming a business broker and emergence and acquisitions ah, consultant. And that's how I got I started see. in business. Oh, okay. And actually, like, if you did take the bar and become a full lawyer, like, th- there are certain limitations on, like, how you can be involved with businesses and, and the transactions, right? And Well, I, what I didn't like about the, the legal business was a couple of things. One, mm-hmm. um, I, I didn't like the restrictions on solicitation yeah. and marketing. And right. solici- solicitation and marketing has always been a discipline that I was very interested in. Uh, so uh, I didn't like the limits and the constraints with regard to that. Uh, right. Also, I didn't like the fact that the major assets of any law practice was people. Uh, so that that was the actual assets in, in right, itself. Right, uh, right. Where there are other businesses where that's not the case. Right. So, it could be you know what you're producing. Yeah. It could be all kinds of things. Finally, I didn't like the, the concept of making money on on, on your time. That you know the, uh, the whole concept of charging uh, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. an hour per you know a rate yeah, per, d- hour d- hour per hour seemed right. limiting to me. So right. um, I like the idea of making you know large commissions and mm. and maybe potentially taking ownership in companies and right. you know raising money and also be on the front end of negotiations and deal making and working with people i always right. consider myself right. a, uh, a people person so yeah. so the, the the legal profession struck me as um uh, as a business that where you know you're kind of behind a desk right. yeah yeah, yeah. So, so how many years ago did you actually start your own business uh in yeah. End of 2000, going into 2001. Okay, so so it's been like 14, 13, 14 years Mm -hmm. that you've been in business. What's been your biggest challenge over those years? Um, Just not knowing anything, getting started. You know, Uh, your first, you know, three, four, five years, Mm -hmm. you know, since there was nothing in my background that, uh, that, you know, that would... uh, would have given me an edge. Uh, I had to spend that time learning, you know, and and that's one of the... uh, the motivations for this show. Uh, right, to help give people that information. What do you see as being sort of the biggest challenge that entrepreneurs face today? Um, lack of skill sets. Oh, really? In the various yeah. disciplines that are needed to mm. actually start and, and run a business. Run a business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, also, um, lack of having a concept of team, lack of leadership, ah, and, and, and not studying together. leadership yeah. as a principle. As a discipline. Oh, as a discipline. Yeah, yeah, yeah gotcha. Um, and, and over the last 13, 14 years, do you think that the landscape of business has changed a little bit, a lot, or something in between? I think the fundamentals are still the same. Yeah. It's still all about sales and marketing, mm-hmm. operations, which is really aimed towards keeping the customer happy right. and delivering the service of the product right. and, and, and managing money. Yeah. I think the tools that are now available for an owner to 
achieve that and right. to build a business uh, have changed. And right. um, it's actually to one's advantage now. I think yeah, it's a little it's, easier. It's actually easier, right? I, I mean, think. You know, people, I've, I've seen people like create businesses, like very successful businesses, like out of their bedroom, you know, just oh. on the computer, online, and, and being able to do stuff. They Technology has been that great equalizer. Although what's very interesting is that uh, recently there's been a survey uh, that uh, about maybe 75% of business owners actually think it's harder to build a business in today's really? environment than it was uh, like 30 years ago. Wow, so, that's interesting. So even though, you know, my my uh, perspective is that it's easier today, yeah, most yeah. people think it's harder, harder. So Great. Well, we're very happy to have you join the network. Thank you. And immediately following the Conscious Consultant Hour, every Friday at 12 noon will be... JC Maldonado. <laughs> on his show... The 21st Century Entrepreneur. So please stay tuned. You're going to hear his, the premiere of JC's show uh, right after uh, we finish up here. And uh, you have a guest today? Yes. Uh, we have a very interesting guest, a, a gentleman by the name of Lonnie Shambi, mm-hmm. who is really a, um, an experienced entrepreneur, mm-hmm. 30 years plus experience, um, uh, owning wonderful. businesses, running businesses, selling businesses, advising uh, business owners. So very great. interesting so guest. Really so. good guy. And and uh, your topic is going to be? The topic is going to be business partnerships. Partnerships. How, how to utilize business uh, partnerships as a methodology of growing your business. Wonderful, wonderful. And you have a partner, don't you? Yes, I have several partners. Several partners, <laughs> yes. Partners are a great thing. I mean, that, and, and, and I even wrote in the newsletter, you know, partnerships, they are a tremendous risk. Because I know many people, myself included, has had many partnerships in the past and caused all kinds of trouble, but they're also the greatest um, asset, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we've had some uh, partnerships that have worked out very well, and then we've had some partnerships that have not worked out very well. So, uh, you know, there's been both success and failure from our experience last 14 years, and we look forward to sharing that. Great. I look forward to hearing it. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're going to hear JC um, starting off with the premiere of his show, The 21st Century Entrepreneur, uh, right after us. Thank you for listening, and we will be back next week. Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Are you stuck in your business or career? Trying to take your business to the next level and it keeps hitting a wall? This is Sam Leibowitz, the Conscious Consultant. I will help you get to the root cause of your abundance issues and help move you forward in your life. Call me now and let's create the future you dream of. 212-721-8183. That's 212-721-8183. The Conscious Consultant, helping conscious people be better business people. Have you ever decided to reinvent yourself? Are you navigating a new life's journey? Are you an aspiring artist that's looking for direction? This is Kevin Barbaro, and my new show, Coffee Talk 3.0, is your new best friend. Tune in live to hear successful professional artists and their inspiring real-life adventures Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, right here at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Have you ever considered consulting a roadmap when you feel you need help getting to your destination? When the normal path seems blocked, a little help can come in handy when choosing an alternate route. Your natal chart is a map of your potentials. It addresses relationships, finance, business, health, and above all, creativity. 
Current planetary cycles can either support or challenge your objectives. I'm Montgomery Taylor. If you would like to explore the help of a private astrological reading, please contact me at monty at montytaylor.com. That's monty, M-O-N-T-Y, at montytaylor.com. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 